Welcome to the Data Center of the Future podcast series. I'm Jeff Johnson here with Russ Riley. Today we're discussing flexible computing, which is not a single technology, but a holistic strategy to drive simplicity and lower cost in your IT infrastructure. Today we're fortunate to have Jeremy Ford from the office of the CTO, who leads Dell's flexible computing architecture initiative. Welcome, Jeremy. Let's get into the first question. What are the issues or challenges that IT management is facing, and why are we talking about this subject today? When you look at the IT infrastructure, a lot of the overhead costs that IT spends today is really focused on kind of maintaining the infrastructure versus really investing in innovation. A lot of studies out there, ratios on the order of 80% towards infrastructure, 20% actually investing in innovation. And when we look going forward, despite the fact that hardware costs are steadily declining, which would make you think that the, this ratio will begin to shift more towards innovation, there's actually a significant number of complexities that are facing IT organizations going forward that we're really going to prevent them from being able to really shift this any particular way. So specifically, the whole idea of a digital data explosion. There was a recent study that was done that basically talked about in 2006, we generated 161 billion gigabytes of digital data. In 2010, it's going to go to 988 exabytes of data, which is a significant amount of digital data. And the interesting thing about that is, is that Despite the fact that majority of it is going to be developed by individuals, uh, the estimate is about 85% of it is going to actually be managed by organizations and responsible for compliance, disaster recovery, and overall infrastructure management of that large amount of data. And so the second thing that's happening is is that as we go forward, there's an increasing number of devices that will be connected to the network. There's a recent Wall Street Journal article that said that in the next five years, there'll be more devices connected to the network than in the last 15 years combined. And when you combine that with kind of diversity of the global workforce going forward, the IT department is now kind of in this paradox of where they have a challenge of more effectively managing data, managing the infrastructure more efficiently that's becoming increasingly diverse, but at the same time trying to enable increased product, end-user productivity with you know more devices, increased globalization, more flexibility, and of course there's always the issue of TCO that they're trying to deal with. So the subject of this podcast is flexible computing. How does flexible computing fit into this paradigm? There's a lot of different solutions that are that are trying to address this problem of getting control over the infrastructure. Thin clients, bladed clients, server-based computing, virtual desktops, and we, we took a step back and said, let's let's begin to break down kind of the piece parts and identify those parts that are really uh, important. And how do we develop an infrastructure and, an, and a vision that is able to provide IT with the necessary control they need, and yet still maintain their levels of end-user productivity. So flexible computing has been specifically an architecture that we're developing to be able to get centralized control of data. When we say data, we mean images, applications, user data, but still providing the flexibility of delivering that data across a broad range of computing models. You mentioned a lot of the components. Is flexible computing really a new idea? The whole idea of server-based computing, getting control of the data, is not new. In fact, it's kind of been the next big thing for a number of years. If you look historically, um, there's always been this expectation that things like thin client server-based computing is going to ramp in three or four years from now. And if you look you know, five or six years ago, it's consistently just kind of moved out every year to where it's always the next big thing, and it's really not materialized. In reality, there's been relatively little growth since 2000. Then what's changed to bring flexible computing more into the limelight? Jeff, we believe there are really two things that have have changed in the the last number of years that really begin to make this model of alternative computing viable. 
first of which is the significant increases in network bandwidth and availability. Uh, when you look at both wired and wireless connections and the overall data rates and speeds that you can achieve through 1 gigabit Ethernet to the client, and there's 10 gigabit Ethernet that we'll be rolling out this year in the data center. There's already work going on with 100 gigabit Ethernet in the data center. There's significant increases in wireless capability, 802.11n, for example. Even when you look out through 2010, you'll see that scale up to gigabit Ethernet in land-based environments. And so the significant increases in the overall network bandwidth, as well as the availability of networks, you know, as we get more wide area, metropolitan area networks, really begins to make these alternative compute models possible to where you can have centralized data or centralized control of the data, but yet then distributed across a diverse set of clients and devices. The second is really the ecosystem maturity around application delivery. Historically, a lot of the, the way the applications were delivered in these remote access environments has been through terminal services. And while those will continue to be viable solutions, there's also a host of other methods that have been developed to be able to deliver applications in a number of different ways. Web services, virtual desktops, and some new technologies such as KVM over IP, key, keyboard video mouse over IP, that are really enabling this model to be extended not only to structure task workers, which has been the historical focus, but we believe now is the time where it can actually be extended up through knowledge worker and, and high-performance workers. You keep mentioning that it's all about data control, and you're not really talking about kind of the end use. So it is all about data? When we took a step back and looked at a few factors. So one is a lot of the server-based computing models are based upon TCO savings that you can get relative to traditional PCs or traditional infrastructures. And when we looked at some of the models that Gartner and others have put together, that really when we step through it, that what, what provides the biggest chunk of TCO savings in a lot of those models is really getting control of the data, image management, patch updates, uh, the ability to be compliant, for example, you know, security risk associated with that disaster recovery. So once you get control of the data, what we're seeing is, is that as technology evolves, just because you can move the processing back into the data center does not mean that you necessarily should move the processing back in the data center because in a lot of ways you may transfer what is reductions in client acquisition cost, for example, by removing processors and those type of things from the client, but then just transferring that back into data center operational cost from power, cooling, those type of things. So really going forward, we think that the majority of the benefits of this model are getting control of the data. That provides the simplicity of, of management. It provides the majority of TCO savings. And then really of where the processing happens becomes more a factor of end-user productivity, for example, mobility, as well as TCO as far as operational cost. You were talking about KVM before. Is that what we used to call thin client? KVM is actually, I would say, an evolution of thin client. And you really have to break up the architectures from the form factors. So really when we, we look at it, there's, again, as we just talked about, is the, the overall data is break up the data from where the processing happens. So historically, thin clients are, were really developed around the notion a number of years ago when, you know, uh, PCs were extremely expensive. I mean, we're talking $2,000 for a PC. They had significant amounts of power requirements. Some do also have that as well. And 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 really, that's large. That's a lot of that has begin begun to change as the industry has shifted to focus on kind of what I call the brute force approach to performance increases, where you just continue to increase gigahertz every year to more of the performance per watt metric, where they're being able to deliver more performance in a given thermal envelope. And going forward, we'll even begin to see 
the further reduction of power requirements for x86-based processors such that we believe that when you talk about thin clients, it's not going to necessarily be a matter of what physical architecture you're using. It's more a matter of you know, how much power you're using as well as the overall ability. And we actually see that x86 architectures are going to be able to evolve into that space to where you can get an x86 processor you know, for definitely less than 10 watts of power, still get relatively good performance. While thin clients are a part of the overall solution, the key aspect of it is that it's one architecture is not going to solve the entire end-user landscape. You know, Bladed clients are not the answer. Thin clients are not the answer. It's really about an infrastructure structure and flexible computing is really focused on how do we enable that centralized control of the data but then deliver that across multiple compute models so that we can address all end user usage models. It's not okay for us to develop an architecture that is only focused on, let's say, structured tasks, stationary workers. Our belief is that we need to deliver architectures that can extend into things like mobility as well as knowledge and high performance workloads. So mobility must really play heavily into this whole flexible computing vision. Yeah, absolutely. It's an area that's really been underserved today because most of the models today are really focused on network persistent connections, that you always have network availability. And our focus is how do we extend this model of where we we continue to have centralized control of the data but then enable it in non-network persistent modes. When you're in network, you're seamlessly syncing data back and forth. Uh, When you're out of network, you can still be productive on an airplane, for example. If you happen to lose your notebook, leave it in the drop it in the lake, what have you, then you're able to, the only data that you've lost is since the last time you've been out of network, which going forward, because of pervasiveness of network, will be less and less. I've heard the term consolidated computing. How is flexible computing different than consolidated computing? Consolidated computing is really focused on the concept that all processing happens in the data center. While Server-based computing or consolidated computing is a part of the overall solution. It is not the overall solution. Where you do the processing is going to be increasingly a matter of economics going forward because whereas a lot of the where a lot of the TCO models effectively account for acquisition cost, some levels of operational cost, many of them actually ignore the overhead of data center operational cost. And our analysis when we look at kind of where the power is utilized in data centers, about thirty to forty percent only goes to the IT equipment. The remaining sixty to seventy percent is actually focused on power distribution and cooling. And so you have a significant operational cost overhead of doing processing back into the data center, while the server-based computing models or the client consolidation models will be important for things like remote access, where you're trying to do it over wide area networks and those type of things, it is not the answer for all end usage models. Let's talk about the IT infrastructure that supports flexible computing. What do you see and how is a flexible computing infrastructure different than what some of our listeners might have today? The key difference is that today there's a few factors in the environment. One is highly distributed data. Data is distributed across multiple notebooks. It's in various places in your organization. There's a large set of heterogeneous implementations that are trying to be used to solve different usage models. So, for example, there may be one solution to try to solve remote access, one solution to try to solve knowledge workers or infrastructure, and another solution to be able to solve high-performance workers. Flexible computing is really about trying 
trying to get centralized control of the data, kind of establish what we refer to as a digital identity, where historically users have been defined by their devices. And going forward, we believe in flexible computing, they would be defined by their data, specifically what they have access to from an application perspective, images, those type of things, where it's really their digital identity. And then flexible computing will be able to deliver that digital identity across multiple compute models. So, for example, if you had a, a single image that you wanted to share across multiple end users, you could deliver that image directly to a client over a LAN-based environment and they, with, with still local CPU and GPU capability, get full, full end-user productivity or full end-user usage models of both knowledge worker and high-performance worker. You could also take that same exact digital image, stream it into a virtual machine back in the data center, and then deliver it, for example, via RDP to wide area network for remote access. You could also take that same digital identity and also deliver it to a physical server and do things like KVM over IP, one-to-one type connections where you can get, you know, for example, racked workstations in the data center, but then deliver that out, you know, either local area network or wide area network. And so really the, the key shift that's happening is whereas today it's a very device-focused infrastructure, users are defined by their devices, and going forward you'd be defined by your digital identity and the flexibility that offers being able to then get access to that digital identity through multiple devices and architectures. Is there anything that IT managers should be thinking about today to start planning or preparing for flexible computing? I think the first thing would be to look at the problem from an end-to-end infrastructure perspective, realizing that solving one problem, for example, client acquisition cost, it's so much like squeezing a balloon where you, 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 may, you may have benefits on the client side, but then begin to have in, you know, increased operational costs, for example, on the data center side. Basically taking a step back and looking at the end-to-end infrastructure and the impact of various investments they make on the end-to-end infrastructure, not just one piece of it, I think is critical. What we've seen a lot of customers come back to us is that, you know, for example, they may do a remote, remote access-based solution, terminal services, presentation server, those type of implementations, and realize that it's not scaling effectively across multiple usage models. What our focus is focused on is making sure that whatever investments you make today are able to scale going forward across multiple implementations. So, for example, today I would recommend that we focus more on getting control of the data, and there's some solutions that we'll be rolling out this year around remote disk where you actually can you take an Optiplex chassis, for example, remove the hard drive from it, and basically stream your operating system and image over the LAN. And that gets you the control that you're looking for, but still maintains flexibility of end-usage models. And we believe that that model fundamentally going forward will be able to scale to multiple architectures. And the other key thing is is that, you know, historically when we looked in the data center, there's a significant number of options, you know, mainframes, x86, and a number of other processor solutions. Don't do the same thing on the client side. So now we're at the point now where x86 is beginning to get momentum back in the data center, actually becoming, you know, more of the prevalent model and getting consolidation back in. Same thing on the client side is that we believe the x86 architectures will fundamentally be beneficial on, on this model as well so that, for example, x, x86 thin clients, x86 full-function PCs, being able to maintain that consistency will provide flexibility and workloads going forward when we start looking at things like virtual machines, et cetera. Pretend you're a data center manager. How are you going to sell this vision to your C-level management? Historically, Total cost of ownership has been the kind of the key criteria that everyone talks about, but it's historically been very difficult to measure. Companies measure it 
a host of different ways. It's not consistent. And a lot of the way that each project is sold to CFOs is based upon you kind of a siloed view of this is going to benefit the data center this much or this is going to benefit the overall. The benefit of this solution is that it's really looking end to end. And so from a CFO perspective, when they're actually paying the bills not only for the data center but for the client side as well as facilities for energy, for example, and power consumption, the benefit of this architecture, it's really beginning to look at the entire TCO problem and not just one piece of it. The real opportunity here is to begin to look end-to-end of your infrastructure and say, I'm going to optimize my infrastructure such that I'm going to get the lowest overall TCO end-to-end, not just in the data center or not just in the client, and then therefore move problem around. And so from a CFO perspective, that's very beneficial because they're also looking from an end-to-end perspective. Jeremy, this has been a great overview. In closing, what are the main things that you want our listeners to take away from this podcast today? I'd say there's three key points. The first of which is that it's it's really all about the data. That getting control of the data fundamentally provides the biggest opportunity to impact TCO and reduce complexity. The second is is that once you get control of the data, the realization that one size does not fit all. One compute model is not going to be able to effectively address all of your end usage requirements from a usage model perspective, from structured task knowledge worker to high performance worker, as well as from a stationary versus mobility. And therefore, you really need to develop an infrastructure that can scale to support all of those different compute models, network persistent and non-network persistent, LAN, WAN, and, and no network. And the third is look at the economics from end to end. Centralizing the processing in the data center is not always the most economical way to do the computing. Jeremy, thanks for your time today. And if our listeners would like additional information, please visit dell.com slash flexible computing. And please join us again for additional installments of the Data Center of the Future podcast series.